Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today's message comes from the New Testament reading of Hebrews chapter 7, as you heard a few moments ago. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, you may not know this, but this month is Pastor Appreciation Month at least in some parts of the world. Now, I don't tell you this because I want you to appreciate me or Pastor Brad. I tell you this because I was reminded of it as I was looking at the readings for today. I was also reminded of it when someone stopped by the church office earlier this week and commented on how they never knew that October was Pastor Appreciation Month. And actually, someone just this morning, right before the service started, commented on Pastor Appreciation Month. So there's at least a couple of you that know. Now, the word pastor isn't in the Bible, but there are words that we associate with pastor that are found in the Bible. Minister, overseer, shepherd, elder, teacher, deacon. And as you heard in the reading from Hebrews, priest. The first place that we actually see the word priest mentioned is in Genesis chapter 14, where we meet a king and a priest whose name is pretty hard to forget, that being Melchizedek, who blesses Abraham. We see later in God's word the Levitical priesthood being established from the tribe of Levi, given to Aaron and his sons. And they were the ones who were responsible for the tabernacle, the sanctuary, the temple. They were the ones who took the sin or the guilt offerings of the people and sacrificed them on the altar for their own sins and for the sins of the people so that they could receive forgiveness. There was also the high priest who was responsible for entering the most holy place on the Day of Atonement and making sacrifices for himself and for the people, cleansing everything with blood, sprinkling it everywhere, and also placing placing the sins of the people on the scapegoat and releasing that goat into the wild, taking away the sins of the people. Fast forward to the time of Jesus, and these things are still happening. The priests are still serving at the temple, still offering sacrifices for the sins of the people. Fast forward to today, and these things are still not happening. I mean, have you ever seen a a goat inside this church before? Ever seen anybody place their hands upon it? Now, I've never in the nine and a half years that I've been here, though it probably would make a good object lesson to have a goat here in our midst. And a goat would probably go over better than sprinkling blood everywhere. But what has changed between the time of Christ and now? Now, you might know the answer already. And the answer is Jesus. What happened between the time of Jesus and now, which is the reason that we don't sacrifice animals on the altar anymore or have scapegoats, is Jesus. 
Now, in order to see that connection, let's go back to the reading of Hebrews and see what we can learn. It starts, The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. Prevented by death from continuing in office. Yeah, it's kind of hard to continue to do your job when you're dead. And I mean, I know it seems obvious, but the word still mentions it here. So anytime a priest died, another priest would come and take their place. Priests didn't live forever. They died. Now, I don't know about any of you, but the reality is that one day, I will no longer be your pastor here. I'm not planning to live on earth forever, and it's possible that there will come a point where I might pass away, or retire, or take a call elsewhere. One of those things will come first, and I will be replaced. Same for Pastor Brad. However, when we read the next verse, we see someone who is different. He holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. The he that is being referred to here, if we look to previous verses in Hebrews chapter 7, is Jesus. Because Christ has already died and risen from the dead and lives eternally, his reign will never end. His priesthood will continue forever. But his priesthood is a little different. As verse 27 says, He has no need, like those high priests, to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins and then for those of the people, since he did this once for all when he offered up himself. The priests who served at this time were not perfect. And so when people were bringing sacrifices to atone for their sins, the priests didn't just make sacrifices for them. They also made sacrifices for themselves and everyone else's sins. In that respect, they were no different than the rest of the people. They were all sinners in need of forgiveness. When Jesus comes, he does incredible things. Serving others. In the gospel reading for today, you heard the healing of the blind man. And Jesus performs many other miracles while he is on earth. Healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, casting out demons, calming the storms, walking on water, bringing the dead back to life. And when he comes and takes on his role of priest, it's not a priest who served in the temple. After all, Jesus wasn't from the tribe of Levi, like the priests were. He was from the tribe of Judah. But also because he was both man and God, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. Jesus is perfect. Whereas verse 26 says he is holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. And he's not just some normal high priest. He's just not some normal priest. He is a high priest. Remember, the high priest was responsible for the duties on the Day of Atonement, making sacrifices for the, themselves and for the people, cleansing everything with blood, and placing the sins of the people upon the scapegoat. Jesus as high priest doesn't offer animals to be sacrificed for his sins because there is no sin in him. Instead, as verse 27 said, he offered up himself for us. 
so that we would receive forgiveness through his sacrifice. He is the one who cleanses us with his blood as he sheds his blood for us on the cross. And as Hebrews will go on to say later in chapter 9, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Jesus also is the one who became our scapegoat when he goes to the cross as the sins of the entire world are placed upon him. And just like the scapegoat takes the sins of the people away into the wild, in his death on the cross, Jesus removes our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. Jesus is our atonement. He is our sacrifice. He is our scapegoat. Even though there was no sin to be found in him. And as verse 27 says, his sacrifice was made once for all. So when we fast forward to today and we see that we no longer have sacrifices, it's because Jesus was the last and final sacrifice. He was the one who was holy, innocent, perfect, and his sacrifice was good enough and was acceptable to God for all people for all time. And we know that his sacrifice was acceptable to God because Jesus rose from the dead. And that's why he's not just our scapegoat being sent off into the wild, why he's not just our sacrifice, but it's why he is our savior. Because his death and resurrection doesn't just bring us the forgiveness of our sins, it rescues us from death and hell. Because our sins deserve punishment, and that punishment is death and hell. And the only way for us to be saved from death and hell is for Jesus to come. So thanks be to God for that. Yes, we still face physical death on this earth. That is a consequence of sin that cannot be undone. But Jesus has saved us from eternal death. He has rescued us from hell in his resurrection. And with that comes the promise of eternal life. Heaven for all who believe in him. Now, even though we no longer have sacrifices, we still have a time where we come to God to receive his forgiveness. This is done, as we have already done this morning, through confession and absolution, where we come and confess our sins and receive Christ's forgiveness. And pastors, just like priests, come before God and we also confess our sins because we are sinners in need of forgiveness. And the forgiveness that is given for you is also the forgiveness that is given for me. We pastors are no different than you. We are sinners who sin and need Christ's forgiveness. Christ's death is just as much for you as it is for us. We also receive forgiveness of sins when we are brought to the waters of baptism. And we receive the forgiveness of sins in the Lord's Supper, where Christ again gives his blood and his body in the wine and the bread. And just as God used sinners or men in their weakness, 
priests, as Hebrews tells us, to give the gifts of forgiveness to his people, today God uses sinners. Men in their weakness, called by God as pastors to give his gifts of forgiveness, his means of grace to his people. We are called to proclaim the word of God faithfully, the good news of Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection for you. And we are called to administer his sacraments faithfully so that he can work his forgiveness and his salvation in the lives of his people. Not my people, his people. Not my church, his church. I am not the Savior. You are not your own Savior. Christ is our Savior. It is God who does the saving, and he is able to save sinners just like me and sinners just like you. By his death, Jesus offered himself as the sacrifice for sins once for all. And through his blood, he cleanses people from their sin. And as he enters the most holy place, the place where God dwells, through his innocent, precious blood, he allows us to enter the most holy place of heaven and dwell with God. Because in his resurrection, he has opened the door for all who believe to dwell with him, to enter into his presence. And he is able to save he can and he does save us. So wherever you're at today, if you have fears, Jesus is here to calm them. If you're feeling weak, Jesus is here to be your strength. If you're feeling alone, Jesus is here to shower you with his love. If you're struggling with your faith, he is here to give you the spirit to give you faith, to increase it. If you feel your sins are too great to be forgiven, Jesus is here to forgive, to let you know that you are forgiven. If you feel like you are too far gone, Jesus is here to save you. You are his precious child. He loves you. He died for you. He rose from the dead for you because you, all of you, are worth saving. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.